Flyingfield Outfitter is a fly shop and guide service located in Bend, Oregon. We specialize in fly fishing the Lower Deschutes River, Cascade Lakes, the Crooked River, the Fall River, and many other fisheries in the area. Tune into our podcast for updates on fishing reports, techniques, tactics, and fishing stories. We're sitting here with Griff Marshall, the guide service manager, just coming to do a quick uh, check in on what's fishing. We're also enjoying a couple beers right across the street from Flying Field. C Dub. C Dub, Cascade West, one of the good spots we like to go to. So uh, thanks for the good beer. Pineapple Kush from Cascade Lakes Brewing. Anyway, uh, let's get into it, Griff. Uh, we just checked in with Scott recently about what to expect uh, in the fall for. Uh, fish in the lake. So what's uh, what's going to be going on with the rivers this fall? What are you seeing? What uh, what should people expect? Gear, tactics, and uh, yeah, just, just talk about what you're, what you're thinking. Well, we're only, what, three weeks from irrigation season ending, two or three weeks, usually right around the middle of October. Um, and that's when, that's when a bunch of stuff changes around here for sure. If you want to talk about the local stuff first, the, I mean, even the Deschutes in town here starts to fish pretty good when the flows come down upstream from town. You know, you're looking for that six to 700 CFS range. And uh, and yeah, that whole stretch of river, um, for, for Bendites anyway, you know, it's a, it's a stretch of river that we don't fish all summer, but, but when the irrigation season ends and that goes down, it fishes really good. You know, and you can go in all those access points between town and Benham Falls, and there's a decent October caddis hatch that goes on down there. Um, can be decent blue-winged olive, you know, on the right day, cloudy, rainy days. Um, so real close to home, you know, that's a that's a good that's a good fishery. Yeah. You know, there's still a lot of rainbows in there. The occasional decent brown. Um, so so we always have that to look forward to when irrigation season ends. Um, you know, out on the Crooked River, uh, we'll be, we'll be looking for, uh, the flows to drop out there sometime in October as well. And, uh, you know, obviously you don't want to be on these rivers the, you know, the day it's dropping, but if you watch the, the graphs and when you see it level out, um, and on the Crooked, that'll probably, probably be, I'm guessing between 75 and hundred CFS, uh, this fall. Um, that river changes completely also and can be super fun to fish. Um, the Fall River, I was just up there uh, this morning and there's still quite a few fish around. They've spread out, which is really cool. I hiked around the tubes, I hiked around the campground and, uh, and fish have, have really spread out from the planting spots, which is awesome, you know. So uh, now it's just about figuring out the hatches up there and that's that's you know we're in that tweener time right now we're not really where the blue wings coming off but the you know the other bugs have gotten kind of skinny up there too but midday I'd, I'd expect midday potential for dry fly up there um heading into the fall and uh, there's some nice fish spread out throughout that system are you thinking good pmd hatch coming off in the afternoons right now around what one or two ish at this time that's when it would happen if it does uh that's a pretty tiny bug, uh, you know, for those heading up to do that, that's, you know, your, your 20. Um, but that's probably the one thing that's going to get those fish up, uh, it, it, with the exception of maybe a blue wing, if that comes off too. Yep. Yeah. And definitely, uh, for blue wing, I'll just 
remind you want to remind folks what they're looking for for the weather and that type of stuff when what we would expect those to come off yeah exactly man it's the it's the cool kind of crummy days uh when we typically see that bug you know if there's a little drizzle um that's even better uh that <clears throat> that fly just likes to come off when the weather is funky yep yeah yeah another place that you look forward to is kind of exploring the metolius in the fall mm. for some of those bull trout i know it's a little more technical and uh you know not something we get to do as much when when we're working so uh, you got any recommendations for the metolius in the fall and what to look for when yeah, this coke come up exactly and that's kind of what you're waiting for is the the first the first coke you need to start pushing up from the lake and then you get those big bullies chasing them up and i think we're still what probably a month or so out from that uh in in that upper stretch uh you know from from allingham down to bridge 99 um there's always bull trout in there but we like to go out there and swing the you know the huge flies for those big lake fish when they're up you know gobbling on kokanee and um and yes yeah, so that's super fun and the trout fishing can be really good out there in the fall too same thing the blue winged olive hatch is kind of what you're looking for out there um just for just for trout fishing but yeah metolius is awesome you know typically for me that's i start thinking about that more like november um yeah you know to start targeting those those big migrating bull trout and that's really good right up until the the spawn is over and then those fish go from predatory mode to hunker down under logs just eating flesh and eggs and the food's coming to them you know yep. the first when they're first in there they're chasing they're chasing the kokanee around and then once that spawn is over they don't chase anymore they just sit under a log and eat yeah man that'd be a real fun river to float and fish you know it's just a little challenging to get that done out there i mean yeah definitely not a few folks who've done it and certainly risky but it sounds like the reward would be good because you can fish from the boat there and you could you just got to get an oarman who can do it for you you know because don't hang up on any down trees yeah well, which there are not many of those pop, right <laughs> pop your raft real quick real quick yeah it's a uh, can be a scary river for sure um and let, yeah lastly let's just touch on uh where you spend most of your time uh down on the lower shoots yeah uh, you know we're uh, last week of september now so coming up on my favorite time of the year down there i mean the the early stuff the big bug is really fun and caddis is really fun but man i take the fall down there pretty much anytime it's just the you know the rivers changing the flows will come up when irrigation season ends. hopefully uh, we're still holding right around four thousand. but when that thing cranks up to five or five and a half which it should do this year um you know it just it's just kind of game on down there. The October caddis are already starting to move. We're catching fish on the pupa. It's not a big deal that hatch down there, but the fish do key in on them. Um, and getting under a bobber out there this time of year, you just never know what's going to eat it. You know, we don't have a bunch of steelhead, but they're in there and they're moving up. Um, there's a nice pot of fish that's moving through mopping right now that we should start to see, you know, in the camp stretch and then up into the day stretch in the next, you know, few weeks or, or a month. Um, but yeah, I just love it down there in the fall. You know, the fish know what time of the trout know what time of the year it is too. So, you know, they start, they start getting pretty eaty, um, in, in the fall. And, you know, as soon as the Chinook show up, uh, sometime late October, early November, then we get into, you know, fishing egg patterns, fishing behind the reds, um, be real mindful down there about the reds. And that's what I tell people because, you know, in the summer people get a little 
kind of casual about it, but in the fall, we really need to recognize where they are, not go on them, you know, fish downstream from them, but just not in them. Yep. Yeah, what uh, what do you, uh, for the folks that don't know what to look for on a red down there, or how to tell where red is, you yeah. got some advice on how to spot one of those? Yeah, reds are pretty identifiable. Um, you know, it's those spots where you have kind of ripply water with sort of a glassy, almost like a divot behind the ripply water, and there's usually a series of those, you know, three, four, five of those in a row. Um, you know, pretty on, tight into the bank. <clears throat> well, I mean, there's the one right behind Mecca Island, which is pretty obvious. And yep. then just below lower Mecca Island is Scorpion. And that's a really identifiable. Farther down is the one, again, pretty like you're saying, pretty close to the bank. Yep. Um, kind of upstream and across from that ranchero on the tribal side. Yep. Um, and those are the those are the big ones down there down below Llewellyn's and uh, that big eddy. There's also reds down there. Not quite as easy to see, but um you know if you're bank fishing down there you can really spot those things pretty easily yep yep especially since there's some uh higher elevation spots you're hiking along and yeah you can see it and uh my my advice which i i did semi-frequently when i was working down there was if you see someone in there kindly uh let them know that they're standing on a red it can be a sensitive subject but uh if you approach it the right way typically anglers are uh happy to help and Actually, on the tribal side, they actually have some of them identified and let you know where you shouldn't be fishing. Yeah, yeah, and and I, that's my recommendation as well. Is just, you know, if you see someone standing in them, just politely tell them where they are, where they are, and that you know below there would be a great place to fish. But in an active reds, you really don't want to be in there. It's uh, it's real disruptive and can and can you know mess up fish that have already spawned and mess up the the areas that the salmon work so hard to create down there too if you wade in them yep yeah it's uh yeah definitely some an important subject and uh yeah just keep keep an eye out for those uh just lastly on the deschutes uh while you're fishing for trout down there what what kind of gear are you throwing and how you rigging what size tip or what size leader all that right now just in case you do bump into something besides the trout yeah totally i think um you know, I, I go from my summer rods, which are more four and five weights, um, to fishing good stout five and, and six weights. Uh, I really like nine and a half foot rods down there. So um, you can just roll cast and tension cast the bigger rigs a little bit easier with that extra leverage that you get from the six inches. Um, and yeah, you know, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be putting a big fly on there this time of year and, and 2x to a big bug you know like the double bead peacock stone that you know our favorite fly the, the cheeseburger down there and and we do have those with those uh with the the egg beads on them too that's that's a great top fly down there when we get into the fall um and then you know behind that it it's it's gonna differ based on the day if it's a blue and olive kind of a day you know i'll put a little pheasant tail or a or a trina's uh, angel case blue and olive um nymph if i'm fishing three you know the second one will be maybe the october pupa october caddis pupa and that'll also be on some 3x and then the little fly is still typically on four and five x that's more the trout fly although we've had you know steelhead eat those over the years uh which is you know always entertaining as long as it lasts 
Um, but yeah, um, little soft tackles, uh, blueing olive nymphs, um, anatomies. I love the little the little olive anatomy down there in the fall as a bottom fly. Um, I just got off the camp stretch uh, a couple days ago and uh, one of the top bugs for those two days was the Octo or the um, sparkle the sparkle pupa, the old school caddis sparkle pupa as my bottom fly, the unbeaded one. Um, so, you know, it's it, there's no real science to it, but that's a general kind of overall blueprint would be a, a real big bug on some 2x just in case and then down down from there yep yeah and and again the the bigger rods are are just better for presenting those rigs i mean they're better if you do hook a really big red band or a steelhead but it's it's just casting those big heavy rods on a four weight or a lighter five weights just asking a lot of it sweet yeah uh well man that uh certainly sums up a good little report on what to expect for fishing around central oregon uh this fall on the rivers and as always if there's anything else y'all want to know just reach out to the shop come to the shop hit us up on social media and we can help uh answer whatever questions you might have and yeah griff you got any last notes at all well on those lines yeah i mean it's it's such a changing time of the year you know with the flows um the hatches uh that the shop is just a great resource for, for people if they're looking to go fishing, either swing by or give the shop a call. The guys in the shop get all of our, um, all of our pretty up-to-date information from the guides. Uh, so they've, they've, got, uh, they've got their thumb on the pulse as much as anyone around here. Yeah. Sweet. Thanks, man. All right. Let's have another beer. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into the Flying Field Outfitters podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and stay tuned for new episodes coming out. If you have a request for a podcast, please reach out to Kyle at flyingfield.com. Thanks again for tuning in and have a nice day. We'll see you on the water.